Welcome to Central Baptist Church's Sermon Podcast. This program features the preaching and teaching of Corey Ramirez, the pastor of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. In God's Word, you will find the encouragement needed for today. And now, here is Pastor Ramirez. This morning, the title of my message is uh, uh, The Message That Is Needed Today. The Message That Is Needed Today. And what I mean by that is, of course, we know the gospel is needed. You know, the gospel is the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the gospel. That's the good news of salvation that we have and that we can share with everyone else. But this morning, what I want to talk to you about is what I'd call the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. You know, you could know the gospel. You could have the facts. You could have the knowledge. But I want to ask you this morning, do you know the power of the gospel? Has your life been changed by Christ? Do you know the power of God's work in your heart and in your life? And that's something that you can have. That's something each of us can have on a daily basis. And so today I want to talk about the message uh, that is needed today. And it's the message we find here with Paul as far as him talking uh, in this passage here about his own relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And so uh, today I just have three thoughts that I want to share with you. We've read the passage there, 1 Timothy chapter 1. And uh, verse 12, it says, I thank Jesus Christ, or Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. I'm going to start here this morning. I have three thoughts I would like to share with you that I hope will encourage you today concerning the message uh, that is needed. And maybe there's someone here who this message uh, you've never really considered, your relationship with God. And this is a message that uh, I hope you'll think about your relationship with God. Maybe there's someone here who's been struggling with some things, and this will just remind you of how good God is and how God can bless your life today. And so today, let's get going into this. And here's the first thought I do have for you is there is a purpose to life. There's a purpose to life. And that's, that's the first thing I want to draw your attention to. Notice what Paul said. He said here in verse 12, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Here's the picture I get of the Apostle Paul at this time. He's here writing this letter to Timothy. And I often wondered if he, he just stopped. Maybe he looked around and thought, God has blessed me. Have you ever had a moment like that where you just stopped and said, you know, God has blessed me. You know, it's good just to sit back sometimes and think of all the blessings you have. And maybe this morning, that's something that you, if you take nothing else from this message, take that with you. God has blessed you. You have life. Maybe bless you with family, with friends, with provisions, with all the blessings you have in your life. Sometimes it's just good to sit back and say, look what God's done for me. And that's kind of the picture I get of the Apostle Paul. He's here writing this letter, and it's almost as if he said, I've just been blessed by God. And as we go forward in this message, we're going to see he kind of he starts with what he has. And then he begins to tell us why he has it. And so that's the order we're going to take it here. He starts with what he has, and that's basically he has a purpose to life now. You see, Jesus enabled him to leave his old life in the past so he could live a new life for God. So instead of living for himself, he's now living for God's glory. And that's what we find here. Uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 10, 31, I've been asked before, you know, what's, what's the purpose to life? And for a Christian, I'll just show this with you, it's, that's it right there. Whether therefore you eat or drink or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know, if you're saved here this morning, that's your purpose in life. 
And that can be applied to everything that you do, everywhere you go. That's your purpose, to glorify God in everything that you do. You know, that, that verse leaves nothing out. And that was written by the Apostle Paul, too, under the direction of the Spirit. But this morning, I challenge you to consider that verse in your life. If you can glorify God in doing something, then glorify God. You know, that's a, that's a test verse, too. If you do something, you say, well, I don't know if I can glorify God in this, uh, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. So it's a test verse that you can test things with, but it's a verse you can apply to your life and say, you know, I have purpose now. I can glorify God in all my relationships. I can glorify God wherever God puts me where I work. And, you know, sometimes you get moved around at work. Uh, maybe by choice, sometimes not by choice. Sometimes you have more work, you know, things get put on top of you or things you didn't plan. Well, you know, you can glorify God in those moments. That's the purpose there is you get to glorify God as you live for Him. And that's your purpose. And God's given you a lot of ways that you can glorify Him. So I encourage you to begin considering those. Think of what God's done for you and how you can glorify Him. And that's what Paul's doing here. Basically, he's saying, you know, it's an honor now, for Paul, he was called into the ministry. And he's saying, to, for him, he's saying, it's an honor for me to humbly serve God. It's, it's an honor for me to forsake all my personal ambition so I can live for the Lord. It's an honor for me to neglect the riches of the world so I can seek eternal treasures. And that's what Paul is pretty much summing it up here. He's saying, I am honored. I have been blessed. Notice he says it here. I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who hath enabled me. He's not saying I deserve this or I should have had this. He's saying God has put me here and God has blessed me. You know, another thought on that is I am so grateful I'm saved this morning. So grateful I'm saved. I I don't know about you, but I am grateful that I have been saved. And as far as salvation, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. But let me share this with you. It's simple. It's the understanding that you have sinned against God. The need for forgiveness. Obviously, if you've done something against someone else, ask them for forgiveness. But your sin is ultimately against God. And you need God's forgiveness. Well, that begins with Jesus Christ. He sent His Son so you could be saved and you could know Christ as your Savior. You understand your sinner. You repent of your sin. In other words, you turn from your sinful ways. You believe on Christ for salvation and then you're saved. Well, I, I want to say that to say this. I am grateful I'm saved. Uh, I can in a little bit feel like Paul. Because I didn't deserve to be saved. Uh, I was a sinner. I didn't deserve salvation. But I'm grateful God has saved me. I didn't choose to be in the ministry. God's called me into the ministry. Now, my testimony might be different than others, but uh, I fought for about a year. I didn't want to go in the ministry. I knew that's where God called me, but I, I was stubborn. And uh, But God called me. And I'm grateful today that I walked with Him and followed Him in the ministry. You know, I tell people, I don't know where I would be today without God, but I know I wouldn't be here. Uh, I have some friends that are already in eternity because of the way they lived. I don't know where I'd be, but I'm here today because of God. And God is good. And maybe here this morning, that's how you are. Do you think, you know, God's been good to me. I'm here today. I have a a family. I have friends. I have a, a wonderful life that God's blessed me with. And those are blessings you can give God credit for. So what we find here is he, he says, I got a purpose. God's given me some direction. And once you're saved, God's going to direct your life. He may not call you into the ministry. He may not call you into a mission field. But if he's given you responsibilities, he'll direct you where he wants you to go. And by the way, God will work in your life in a great way wherever he takes you. If you're into business, if that's where God's called you, you, you go that direction. You be faithful to God there. You be a testimony wherever God's called you. And you let God work through your life where he leads you. And that's what Paul's summing up his life, saying God has enabled me to do this. And and I want to point that out to you too. Notice he said enabled. That word enabled means to strengthen or empower. 
He's saying, God has enabled me to do this. God has given me power to live for Him. Power to live for Him. So, Paul put his faith in Christ, and now Christ is working in his life. You see, that's how it works. Once you put your faith in Christ, God will start working in your life. He'll start working in your life, start guiding you, and He'll start directing you. He says, I thank Christ Jesus. So He's grateful here. He says, Our Lord, who hath enabled me, for that He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. You know, it's another phrase that's interesting there. He says, He counted me faithful. Counted me faithful. In other words, when you count someone faithful, that means you trust them. And that you're willing to trust them with something. And Paul's saying, I am so grateful that God has entrusted me with this ministry, with this calling. This morning, think of what God's entrusted you with. You got a family, He's entrusted you with your family, your responsibilities there. Maybe where you work, He's entrusted you with that position He's allowed you to have, with a skill set He's allowed you to attain so you could work. He's entrusted you with that. Maybe you have some gifts, some talents, and God's entrusted you with those. He's allowed you to have them, entrusting you to use them for His glory and honor. And that's what we find Paul here. He said, He's, he's trusted me with these. And I don't know about you, when someone trusts me with something, I, I want to make sure I, I use it right. Have you ever borrowed something from someone before? I've borrowed tools. I try not to do that. Because I know if I borrow it, chances are I'm going to break it. That's just usually what happens. And I don't want to have to return something, and I'm not going to return something broken, so I'll end up buying a new one and give it to them. And I think, man, I should have just bought a new one to begin with. So I don't borrow tools if I absolutely don't have to. Because when someone lends you something, they're trusting you, right? They're trusting you with something. And when they trust you with something, you want to take care of it. Well, that's what we're talking about here. Paul says God has enabled. He's, he's trusted me, counted me faithful, putting me here. There's a lot of ways we can apply this. If you have a family, you've been entrusted with that. Your children are a blessing. You've been entrusted with that. If you have a, 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 a husband or a wife, you've been entrusted in that relationship. Where you work, God has sought fit to put you there. He's trusted you in that position. You know, and, and some will say, well, that, are you serious? Well, yeah. God could take it away from you if he wanted to. Or allow you to lose it if he chose to. God has entrusted you with those things. God has entrusted you with blessings. And that's what Paul begins here. He said, I have a purpose here. God's given me all these things. He's entrusted me and he has blessed me. And then he goes on. Now, we're going to move on now because Paul counted his blessings. And then he's going on now in our passage to explain why God had blessed him. And that's what I want to talk about next. And that is he had a past to forget. A past to forget. Notice what it says here in verse 13 who was before a blasphemer, a persecutor, and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in unbelief. So he's talking about his past before he was saved. His name before it was changed to Paul was Saul. We're talking about the same person here who wrote the letter. He says, as for Saul, he made havoc of the church. Havoc of the church. Entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison. You know, later in his own testimony, as he talks about it, he, 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 he was the one who sent many to death during this time. It says he made havoc. That's an interesting word there. You know what it means? It means to utterly wipe out. You know, his goal was to wipe out the church right up front. Had God not intervened, he probably would have done it. I mean, he was pretty effective in his, in his ambition and in his, I guess, work against God. And that's what he's looking back on. He's saying, I was once a persecutor. 
I attacked God's people. I sent many to death. He says, I consented unto Stephen's death. And then the last one, if we go back to our passage, he says he was injurious. That word injurious means to be despiteful. So he was despiteful against God and those that followed God. Here's the way I'll sum it up. He was flat out mean is what he was before he was saved. He was just flat out mean. Leading people to death and attacking God. And that's his past. That's his past. That's his past without Christ. And that's what he wants us to see and wants us to grab hold of is that before he was living unto himself, doing what he thought was best. But now he's living unto God. See, things changed. And the change was because of Jesus Christ in his life. That's the change. It wasn't because Paul woke up one day and said, you know, I think I'm just going to be a better person today. It wasn't because he heard a, an interesting message or read a book. It was because God got hold of him and changed his heart. He received Christ as a Savior and everything became different. And that's the message we have today. See, when you receive Christ, you're going to have a changed life. And that changed life is going to be different than your past. And your past can be left behind in the past where it belongs. And think of this. He said here, uh, we go back to, let me go back to our passage here in 1 Timothy chapter 1. Notice he says, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Now, mercy, mercy is when you do not receive something that you deserve. That's what mercy is. If you deserve something, but it's withheld. That's what we'd call mercy. And Paul's saying, I received mercy. Now, what kind of mercy is he talking about? He's basically talking about, I think, he deserved God's wrath, God's judgment, because he was a blasphemer. He was a persecutor. He was injurious. And he's saying, you know what? If God would have given me what I deserve, then I deserves judgment, death, everything that comes with that. But he said, I obtained mercy. That's God's forgiveness. That's, that's mercy from God is what he's talking about here. You see, no sinner can claim anything. You know, today, and by the way, you know, there's a lot of talk about rights. Now, I, I thank God for our rights, okay? Man, I tell you, I'm grateful to live in this country and the rights that we have. But, you know, it, it's extended a little bit where people think they deserve everything. You know what? It's by God's grace we have life. God's given you life. If you're saved, you have spiritual life, and it's by God's grace, God's mercy. He's withheld His judgment upon you. I look back now, and I know I've mentioned this before, but I say it all the time because it's something that just really strikes me. I know I did not accept Christ as my Savior the first time I heard the gospel. I thank the Lord I was raised in church, and I heard the gospel in my Sunday school class. I couldn't tell you how many times I heard a pastor preach the gospel or an evangelist or someone coming in. I heard it numerous times. I'm so grateful God didn't say, well, you heard it once, and you rejected it, you're done. You see, that's God's mercy. That's what I deserved, by the way. I deserved his judgment coming down upon me because I was a sinner. But you see, God's merciful. And maybe some of you can testify to that too. But you know, God's been merciful to me. I heard it. I responded. I'm saved today. And God has blessed me. And that's, that's what Paul's saying here. God has been merciful to me, and I obtained this mercy. And, and mercy comes from God. He's the one we have offended. So here, here's the, the, the wrap-up thought on this. Paul was once ignorant and in unbelief. He was lost. He was saved. Has nothing to do with his intelligence. He was an extremely intelligent man. He didn't know Christ. That's the ignorance he's talking about. 
You know, there are a lot of intelligent people in our world today that are ignorant of Jesus Christ. They're intelligent. They have knowledge. Without a doubt, some of them are geniuses. But if they don't have Christ in their life, they're missing out on God and what God can offer. And that's ignorance. And that's what Paul was. But he says, I have been forgiven. So consider this. This blasphemer is now proclaiming Christ and preaching across all of Europe. What a change. He went from being a blasphemer to a missionary. And then second, think of this. This person who was a persecutor, man, he was harmless when he was out there on the mission field. He helped people in need. And then finally, this injurious, despiteful, mean person is the same one who later glorified God with his life and helped others out. You see, that's a change that takes place. And that's a change that only God can do. So here's something to think about here this morning. There is nothing you could do today to change what's been done. Nothing. You can't go in the past and change things. You know, there's a lot of TV shows and movies through the years and books talking about, you know, time travel. And I always find it interesting. A lot of the time travel people talk about is going back to change something. And I think that's probably because of our human nature. We make mistakes. We have regrets. We have guilt, maybe. We have shame. We're living with these things thinking, man, if I could just go back and change this, I would change this. Maybe it's a missed opportunity. You go back and think, wow, if I'd have known that now, I'd go back and I'd do this. Uh, I'll give you an example. Man, I, I wish I'd go back to school and listen to my teachers. You know, I mean, I listen enough to get by. But I think, man, it would have been nice to learn. Now I wish I'd have had some of that knowledge that they, that they were trying to impart. You know, those are examples of, of, of wishing to go back. And maybe there's some other areas a little bit more serious that you may say, you know, there's some things that I regret. There's some decisions I made that I, you know, if I could make it today, I wouldn't. Those are things in the past, though. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. I think Paul is really getting to here is there's nothing you can do to change that. The, the, the time moves on. So learn from the past. That's, that's first important. You learn from the past. There's no need to make the same mistake twice, right? If you made a mistake, say, hey, I'm not going to do it again. So learn from the past. But secondly, don't live in the past because you can't change it. And if you can't change it, if you're going to live in the past, all you're going to do is worry, fret, get discouraged, get upset, uh, uh, maybe even lead to depression. Because all you're thinking about is the past and the faults that maybe you made or things that you didn't do. You know what the Bible tells us? God forgives your past. God forgives your past and gives you a new life today. And that's the key right there. You say, you know what, I can't go change the past. Well, that's fine. You can live today for God's glory. You've been saved. You've been forgiven of your sin. If you made a mistake, you can understand this. You made that mistake, that's all right. You, you've sought God's forgiveness, and you can go forward today with God. You see, Paul made a lot of mistakes. I don't know how many. He didn't give us a whole list of them. But you think of all the persecutions he did, all the things that he caused. And you, when we talk about the Apostle Paul, we talk about the great ministry he had. You see, that's the work of God in his life. God can do the same for you today. Forgive you of your sin, and you can go forward. Now today, maybe there's someone here who is not forgiven of their sin. You've been living in sin. You haven't sought God's forgiveness. Start there. Make sure you're saved. But you know, after you're saved, sometimes the past can come back to haunt you. You know, you hear that phrase where, comes back to haunt you, someone can say something or bring something back up or, or something else. You know, today, by the way, that happens a lot today. I tell you, you put a thing online, it's there forever. And 
Chances are no one's going to find it unless you want to run for office or do something. And then they're going to go dig through all your past and find something from 20 years ago that you may have put down. Or even if you didn't put it down, somebody put it down for you. Then guess what? You're, you're stuck with that. And that's how the world looks upon the past. They're going to find problems in the past. You know, God says you're forgiven of those. You're forgiven of those. Go forward with God. And from this point on, or make sure you make good decisions and walk with the Lord and God will bless. So he looked upon his past. And I think Paul was grateful it was in the past. It was in the past and he go forward. And that leads me to my final thought here this morning. Here's why. Here's why. First Timothy chapter 1, verse 14. The grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. I'm going to wrap it up with this here. This is why he had pur- a purpose to life. This is why he had a past he could forget. It's because he was pardoned. He was forgiven, and it was all due to God's grace. Notice he says, to the grace of God. Now, grace is different than mercy. Grace is when you receive something you don't deserve. That's what grace is. Mercy is when you don't receive something you deserve. Grace is the other end of it, when you receive something you don't deserve. That's a, that's a gift. And God's grace is, would be his what we call his unmerited favor. He blesses you with gifts. You know, salvation is a gift of grace. Something we haven't earned. Something we don't deserve, but God has given it to us. And if you receive it, Christ is your Savior, you're saved. Well, God's grace extends through life. You know, I think the Bible teaches that God is gracious even to this world in general. You know, the fact he allows the sun to come up, that's that's a picture of God's grace upon a sinful world. But just personally in your life, too, you probably know God's grace. You know, I like to say this, you know, uh, I don't know if any of you woke up by the alarm clock this morning. Well, be grateful because the alarm clock went off, but it was God who allowed you to get up. It's God who's given you another day. It's by God's grace you live. It's by God's grace you have the blessings you have. And so God's grace is what he's talking about here. And notice the word he used. He, he said here, the, the phrase he says here, we're in verse 14. And the grace of our Lord, he says, was exceeding abundant. Exceeding abundant. In the Greek, it's one word. And it means to superabound. It's kind of, I guess you say, the meaning there, to superbound, exceeding abundant. Now, that's a, a word, really, when you think about it, the, the definition's there, but let's illustrate this. When I think of something that's just abounding, I think of overflowing, just just more than enough. Uh, you know, I've seen children at some of our church dinners, and they fill up their cup, and it's exceeding abundant, all the way to the top. Sometimes it's fun to watch to see if they can make it to the table without dripping any and, or drinking any before they get there. That's kind of the thought here. God's grace is more, more than we can imagine, more than enough for what we need. Not just, not just a little bit. You know, we don't have to worry tomorrow morning wondering if God's going to have enough grace to save someone else tomorrow. No, God's got plenty of grace for this world of sin. For you, as far as your daily life, God's grace is good tomorrow, just as it is today. You see, isn't it wonderful to know that God is gracious and His grace is just exceedingly great, is what Paul is telling us here, exceedingly great. It was enough to cover Paul's sins. It's enough to cover your sins. It's enough to cover everyone's sins. Those who repent and believe will be accepted. And that's that's the thought here, okay? Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is what Paul's getting down to. He said, I've been forgiven. That's why I have, I can forget my past. That's why I have a purpose now. 
And so the challenge for each and every one of us is to first off make sure we have been forgiven of our sin. Make sure we have a pardon. That we have been saved. And then afterwards, never forget it. Never forget it. Keep that in front of your thoughts of how good God is and what God's been able to do. And then tell that to somebody else. See, that's the message needed today. Share that with someone else. That God is the answer to their problems. You know, most of the problems today are that at least that I have dealt with and uh, I see are a lot of people just dealing with problems of their past. Mistakes they've made. Well, God can work through that. God can forgive them and God can give them a new life. God is great in blessing us. And so that's the message that is needed today. That's the message that the Apostle Paul had. You know, in closing, my final thought here this morning is when Paul sat down and examined his life, he didn't sit down and say, look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look at my abilities. He sat down and said, look what God has done for me. Look what God has done for me. So in closing this morning, what has God done for you? What has God done for you? Has he saved your soul? Has he given you a new life? Has he forgiven you of your sin? Has he shown his grace to be exceeding abundant? I believe God is a great God. And I believe God still works in great ways. You've been listening to the preaching of Pastor Ramirez of Central Baptist Church of Little Rock, Arkansas. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you would like more information about Pastor Ramirez or Central Baptist Church, please visit our website, centralbaptistchurch.org. Thank you for listening today. Be sure to join us again for another message from God's Word.